Welcome to the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success. You create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do, and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. This episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Design Your Life Mastermind. Are you someone who is a serial accomplisher? Let me explain what I mean by that. Are you searching for that next thing that you need to accomplish to find the happiness, fulfillment, or success you've been missing? You keep thinking, I'll be happy when. Believe me, I've said those words and I know your pain. I used to chase success like it was a pot of gold at the end of some accomplishment rainbow. And just like that pot of gold, the closer I got, the further away it seemed. Because it's an illusion. It doesn't exist. If somebody was to ask you, what does success mean to you? And you can't answer that question, then the Design Your Life Mastermind is for you. Head over to designyourlife.successdevelopmentsolutions.com to schedule a call with me and see if we're a good fit to work together. The sooner you do, the sooner you can start living the life you've always wanted instead of chasing an illusion that you'll never obtain. Welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I am so excited to have Michelle Hoffman with me today and to be live streaming this as usual to the More Than Corporate community page, also known as the Success Center. So if you're not a part of that page and you want to have first access to these interviews, go ahead and head over there um, to be able to have the opportunity to ask my amazing guests like Michelle some questions. Michelle is the international best-selling author of the books Life Worth Living and New Management Blueprint. Clients call her the relationship coach. Because life is better with good love in it, Michelle empowers people to attract, keep, and enjoy loving relationships in their life without losing themselves and being overwhelmed. After the loss of her husband, people asked her for guidance when they saw how she successfully pulled her life together for herself and for her children. She wrote Life Worth Living to share her experience and how she got through that traumatic period of her life and become a guide for others through their own unique situations. As her clients consistently experienced success, more and more were referred to her to help them discover how to create the way they dreamed it could be. They were able with Michelle's coaching to be desireful and attract, keep, and enjoy the right love in their lives. It's all about relationships. Whether you are in your life journey, single, partnered, married, divorced, or widowed, it's time to have the confidence to live and enjoy life as you dream it could be. Michelle has had an illustrious professional career in finance and healthcare, including being a social scientist at Stanford in the Department of Medicine. She is on the board of several organizations and a scout leader, her chamber of commerce, honored her with the ambassador status. Native to California and a lifelong member of Temple Isaiah in the East Bay, she has recently moved to South Carolina, where she lives with her children and her Dalmatian, Pixel. Of course, we've got to put the Dalmatian in there. I love dogs. So I love that you threw your Dalmatian in there. 
She might just come in and like leap up on the chair. I love it. Michelle, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Amber. So live in California. You obviously have a situation that's very similar to many of the listeners, which is life kind of led you to the career that you were supposed to have through experiences that nobody should have to go through. So talk a little bit about, we're just going to dig into the good stuff. Talk a little bit about how you allowed yourself to finally succumb to what life was trying to tell you was your passion. That's really funny. Um, that is, it is to come. I, (laughs) when, you know, you always, there's so often that people are fighting their authenticity. And I never think of myself as one of those people at all, ever. And I will often find the harder path to take thinking that that will make me stronger, that will prove I'm more capable, that would give me a better grade, whatever it is, you know. Um, I've done a lot of study on willpower and willpower essentially is when given two options, taking the harder choice. So it's like always pushing and then, you know, motivating and self-inspiration and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's really so interesting. After the loss of my husband, one of the things I mean, you can already tell I'm a positive person. And that was a big loss. He was very cool. I really enjoyed being married to him. Um, and on his, they call it an angel angelversary on the anniversary of his passing. Um, I find that one way to work with grief is to, I mean, grief is complicated. It's ambiguous. It roams the house and smothers the children at night and it slams your head against the wall, drops you to the kitchen floor and puts its foot on your neck and you can't breathe or see your future. And it's like, when I invited grief in to have a seat at the table and have a cup of tea with it, I realized that if I can identify what grief holds that I treasure and honor that, then grief didn't have a hold on me and I could move forward. So that's how I help people through grief. That's how I helped myself through grief. And so what I was actually trying to get to is that when it became his angelversary and we were celebrating the loss for you know, a year and I, all life celebrations. um, I was like, I really want to do the positive opposite. What's the best, most, you know, potent thing I could do that would be so positive on this day. And a couple of my girlfriends and I decided to not only, rather than go to a health spa, we would create one and invite other people to it. And one of my girlfriends is a yoga therapist. The other is an, um, a holistic chef. And they were, I was like, well, what am I going to do? And they're like, you'll figure it out. There was this huge trust. And so we started to put together this incredible program, like a three-day program with all of these elements to it. And I'm like, but what am I going to do? They're like, you'll figure it out. And I'm like, well, I, I will? Sure <laughs> enough. What I created was the beginning and really the structure of my first book, Life Worth Living. And of course, you know, Life Worth Living is specifically 
pointed to widows and widowers, but it's for any and everyone. This spa day certainly wasn't specifically for widows and widowers, but we put together this program with all of this just beautiful, healthy evaluation of what is important in life. And what I've come to is this confidence assessment of where, where is your fun and diversion? And what do you need to do to allow yourself enough stability to have fun like that? Like really let go and have fun. Yeah. Um, and for that, it's a lot of career revenue and resource to be stabilized. What is What allows for those things to happen? Well, sometimes you have to recalibrate your relationships in the world so you know where you fit you know, with yourself, with your community, with your family, with your job, with your, you know, whatever your relationship is with your voice, your inner voice, whatever it is. Um, we talked about health and self-care and sometimes wow. luxuries are not really a luxury when it really comes to your health. We talked about protecting what's valuable, not just your assets, but your family. We talked about how to build an advisory board like a business has a board of directors, you know, I think it's like the most important thing to know who you can go to for what, and that you're not as alone as you think you are. And all of that helps open up the path that's a well-lit uh, road, a GPS, to your vision, and it makes decision-making super easy. Yeah. So all it's my friends are like, Say you're a life coach. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, first of all, the life coach thing, but we can get to that later. Um, <laughs> I I have as positive of a thought of, and no, no, no disrespect to life coaches out there because I know a bunch of them. I just feel like there's so many people who aren't actually life coaches that put life coach on their name that it's so overused. But Side note, I digress. This idea of, of grief, it's so interesting to hear you talk about it because obviously my experience was not that of losing a, a, a spouse. It was that of losing a father. But when I listen to you talk, so many of the things are so similar. And it's so interesting to hear you talk about the way that grief only has the power over you that you allow it to have. Because that's so many other things in life, right? Once we realize that we are not at the hand at the mercy of anything around us that we experience things the way that we allow ourselves to experience things then the whole world changes and for some reason i just never equated that to grief and so i think it's really cool that you are taking that experience that was so transformational in your life and turning that into a way to help everybody get through that. Because I don't know a person in the planet who hasn't suffered from loss of a loved one of, you know, whatever it happens to be. It's the design of this existence. And after spending years in the end of life industry, infusing love rather than fear into the end of life, I've learned some really big life lessons. I have a whole thing on happiness. And I mean, that's really what we're all talking about. We're like born into this world with this pursuit of happiness or contentedness. And if we're not content, then we cry because we're tired, we're hungry, we're thirsty, we're hurt, we need love, we need stimulation, we need something. And it's yeah. this pursuit in that. And we're 
you know, it's like you have five big life events, your birth, some rites of passage, if you decide to partner with someone and welcome new people in to carry on the race and your death. And the first two, you're not really all that with it for. One, you know, all the rites of passage that you have on your own that you define and design for your one precious existence on this planet. And how are you going to go overcome obstacles and pitfalls? And are you going to let the traumas that happen to you define who you are? And that happens. Yeah. I mean, this whole conversation is amazing, but it requires us to step back and start from a place that so many people aren't at yet. And that place is that I get to control my life instead of react to it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, all, I'm listening to all of the things that you say from this mindset that I'm in now, which is, you know, yes, this makes perfect sense to me. And then I think about the mindset that I was in five years ago or 15 years ago or 20 years ago when I lost my dad and had somebody said the things that you're saying to me, I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? You crazy woo woo witch woman. <laughs> like it just doesn't work that way. Right. Um, <laughs> So it all starts with this premise that we control our energy. We control what energy we allow into our space. We control how we react to things. And that comes down to this level of personal responsibility that people are not normally willing to take over themselves. Like it's so much easier to blame fate, right? Than it is to ask what decisions did I make that led to this result? So I want to ask you outside of the grief, because obviously that's a huge kick in the ass. Is there a moment you can think back to where it's like, okay, I I've got to either figure this out because I'm tired of leaving this in the hands of fate. Yeah, (laughs) that's an easy one. Um, I was, I don't think, I don't think I'm alone in having this experience, unfortunately, but, you know, basically we had lost everything. Everything was put into trying to save my late husband's life. Everything, all the worldly goods are gone. Um, And I'm, and then I've lost him and I have two kids and they have lost their, the rest of the life experience having this loving father and I'm in bed crying in a fetal position, soaking the pillow, rolling over, doing the same thing on the other side, lather, rinse, repeat. I mean, it was, what then? And I just realized this isn't serving anyone. Yeah. And so then I was like, well, I don't know, this is what not to do, but I don't really know what to do. And that's, you know, it's like when you've tried on your own to overcome loneliness, burnout, depression, trauma, sadness, whatever it is, and you're like, I just don't know what to do. That's when it's time to reach out to somebody who you know, who you trust, who can help guide you along the way when you, when you've tried and you can't figure it out on your own. Yeah. 
I'm really interested to know for you as, because let me tell you the backstory really quickly. Um, when my dad passed away, I obviously went to see a grief counselor within a couple of days of him passing away. And my, my listeners know this story, but the first thing that this person tried to do is medicate me. And I was like, nope, that's not happening. Right. And, and at this point in time, I'm in a time of my life where I don't even like to take aspirin. Mm -hmm. And so you know, they're like, I think we should put you on depression medication for a little while. I basically told him to fuck off. And um, for the next 15 years, I refused to go talk to anybody because to me, talking to somebody equated to medication. Right. And then I hit my moment where it was the two by four of you're going to figure this out or you're not, but the not is not pretty. Right. So right. figure it out. Um, and I went to talk to somebody and she explained to me, it was a therapist. And the first thing I told her was, don't try to put me on medication. Don't do it. Like those were the first words I said. And she explained to me the differences between why some of that happens, which was so odd to me, but what's really interesting, the, and it had to do with, with insurance purposes, you know, diagnosing, medicating for insurance purposes. So she ran a cash paying office, but this idea of coaching, we've talked about life coaching briefly. Um, I'm a success coach. You're a relationship coach. We think therapist, grief counselor. We don't always think coach. How did you insert yourself into this world? Because the reason I tell you the backstory is I think you can do so much good because you don't have the medical requirements behind you. Right. And you don't have the stigma of medication that comes with you. I, I so appreciate all of what you're saying and where you came from to come to this decision. Of course, I had a similar path. You know, people were like, oh, the advice I got was get 10 copies of the death certificate and go see your religious leader. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to laugh at you. And I'm putting on the father-daughter dance and my daughter doesn't have an escort. There are bigger things happening here that need to be addressed. And I too was invited to just, uh, I think the term was just, you know, take, get out of the basement, just take these medicines and then you'll be basement. And I'm like, I don't really feel like I'm in the basement. I feel like I need to get up and take care of my children and rebuild my life. Um, which of course is what I did, but uh, to your point, it's like, how did I discover this big shift? I tried to go back to work and I realized I had this book in me because I figured it out. And then a friend of mine went out for a run who I used to go running with. He had a heart attack and died. And I thought, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And of course you're saying, yes, you do. Because I actually do know what to do. Yeah. And I couldn't do nothing because I'd figured it out. So I went to his widow and said, this is never gonna be okay. I'm gonna hold your hand and walk this journey with you. And so I showed her this process that I had pretty much put together on that, you know, positive opposite angelversary time. And then I applied it to myself, you know, I had already applied it to myself and it worked. And then it worked for her and people were sending me out to go help everyone else. So I'm like, you know what? I have to write this book before, which is the guide, before I go get a job. 
I really didn't anticipate that I was going to, this was going to be the job. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think any of us do when it's meant to be, right? You can tell the difference between people who have forced themselves into a career and people who were led to that career through life experiences. And, And everybody that's in the latter group says the same thing. I never expected this to be the career. Right. Right. Absolutely right. I mean, I was a portfolio manager. I was managing huge, I had over $2 billion in assets under management. I was working in medical publishing. So I have the background. I worked in the Department of Medicine at Stanford. I have that knowledge. But to answer your question, I'm not constrained by losing my license. If one of my clients is totally exhausted, losing her mind, and she throws the phone to her son, who has called her a stupid goose. And I go, how's it going? And he's seven, you know, so he can't articulate really what's going on. And I would say, did anything make you sad today? Did anything make you mad today? Did anything make you glad today? Which is a tool that I use with kids. And from that, what I learned was the girls at school were teasing him and calling him a stupid goose. And he tried all the right ways. Please stop getting out of the situation, talking to the teacher, going to the principal. He really did all the right things. And then he was like going to his mom and trying it out to see how she would react. Well, she didn't respond well. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, because who would? Right. But she had hired me in part to become alpha over her children. And that would have been, you know, so I was like, guess what? He's giving you an opportunity. He did not mean any ill. He was saying, mom, I need you to teach me this. And once I like reframed the picture for her, she's like... Thank you. you. (laughs) So let's take that for just a minute, because I think there's a life lesson for people in there, because reframing that, um, as Brene Brown calls them in her talk, opportunity for growth, right? Um, Reframing that and saying, hey, this really is an opportunity. It's so crazy, because I have a friend who has um, men, men, excuse me, much of the training that I have, and she's extremely busy in her business right now. And so I'll call her in the mornings and I'll be like, Hey, how's it going? And she'll say, Oh, I mean, it's good. I got all this and this. And after about a week and a half of this, I was like, I can't call her any, like it's bringing down my morning calling her. And so I called her and she gave that answer. And I said, how amazing is it that you are so busy, you know? And she's like, oh my gosh, you're right. I'm like, would you rather the alternative, like of not having anything? And so it's so crazy when we look at, because we as human beings are designed to see flaws. We're designed to see the things we can solve. We're designed to see the problems, right? And being able to turn that around and say, hey, this is an opportunity for you to connect with your kid. This is an opportunity for you to connect with whoever around you. And so I think it's really important for the listeners to think like, what are you going through right now? And what opportunity does that give you in your life? Because there's always an opportunity. So one of my infamous quotes is, um, stretch your strengths, and strengthen your weaknesses for proper balance. And we use that in our physicality. I use it when I'm helping someone develop an advisory board of what 
skill don't you have? Let's put somebody in there who does have that skill, but so that you don't have to go get the advanced knowledge in it. What, um, you know, what do you need to bring into your life that's not there now? Like with the confidence assessment of what percent confidence do you feel you've got, you know, the, the end of life stuff all figured out to do life in reverse? What confidence level do you have that you've got the right people in place to propel you in the direction that you want to go? What confidence level do you have that you can find the right partner to you and actually that you have all the skills to attract them in and keep them once you find them? Yes. Make it fun the whole time. And I love this busy comment because I am realizing now that my clients actually have positioned me as a relationship coach, I am singing through the day working with people. Yesterday I was yodeling. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, when you, when somebody can lean into what they're doing, it just, it becomes graceful and easy and fun. I yeah. really can't even imagine anything more fun than what I get to do. That's and then amazing. I get things like just today. I don't need to be victimized by other people's insecurities anymore in my intimate relationships. I'm empowered and I stand in my own authenticity. I'm like, yay. I know, right? <laughs> oh, that's so cool. So you start in this grief um, arena because of your experiences and then your client's successes <laughs> shove you, um, yes. willing or unwilling into <laughs> this relationship arena. So what was that transition like for you? Okay. How receptive were you to it? Um, and what, cause so many people think, oh, you deal with grief and now you deal with relationships. They have to be different. Talk to me about how they're the same. Um, I believe that they are the same because here's another one of my famous quotes. When the pain of the problem is greater than the action required to resolve it, that's when you take action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's when I took action. Uh, to, and I was just like, I loved being part of a couple. And in this day and age, and then of course with the pandemic, oh my God. <laughs> Let's, and by the way, I, I had a virtual boyfriend during the pandemic. <laughs> it was amazing, but I'm not sure if we have enough time for that one, but it was, <laughs> um, so it can, and regardless of the constraints, I have a way to make it fun. I really do. Um, but that's when, you know, it was like when the pain of being alone and lonely was too great and not having a partner. I had some friends staying with us um, before the pandemic. And um, they would say things like, oh, I parked the car and you forgot this in the car and I brought it for you. And I'm like, that is really nice. It's been a long time since I've had that. Or, you know, they would hold hands walking around or they would share meals or talk about parent co-parenting. And I'm just like, I, I'm done. I'm done with this. I need to do something about this. So that's yeah. when I started to go online. Um, and I had tremendous success online. I've met the most fascinating people. Um, and what I told my late husband is I'm going to date until I say yes to the right person. So that's where I'm at. Um, but here's what happened. This is actually what you're asking. So here I am, I'm building this robust 
um, business because people are coming to me saying, could you please help me? Um, and it's really interesting. I actually like label out what was the ideal client's problem and what's their dream come true and how quickly can I get them there? Uh, can I can I get them there? If not, I won't take them as a client. I'll refer them to someone who can. Um, and we talk about, you know, is this the right match? So um, one client, she had not seen her children in four years. Her ex-husband has 100% custody and she hasn't seen them. They've been online with each other. They're uh, six and, and eight years old. Wow. Four years. So she hired me to be a better role model for her children. And I'm like, oh no, the relationship here needs to be with your ex-husband. The children thing will happen. So she was open to that. She just never occurred, it never occurred to her. She'd been trying so hard to try and rebuild the relationship with her kids. She didn't think to do this. So in four weeks time, I gave her the skill set to do what she needed to do with her ex-husband. And now they are co-parenting again. He brought the kids to her. So amazing. And what I love about that story the most is that I tell my clients all the time, the problem's never the problem, right? What you come to me with is never the problem that we actually need to address. And the person that you think you need to fix your relationship with is never the person you actually need to fix your relationship with, right? Like, Holy. oh, it's insane. So I laughed earlier because you talked about this absolutely amazing experience that you have with online dating. And I'm not sure that I have ever actually had a conversation with somebody who shares your enthusiasm. Oh my God. <laughs> so good. It's so good. So you have created a way to recreate your experiences. Tell me about that. Okay. So before I tell you about, well, I guess I could tell you about that too, but essentially I really put the time and effort into defining who am I and who would I like to bring in? So I've gone through my values I've gone through, who am I now? I've changed. Like if I met my late husband right now, I, he wouldn't be the right fit. Cause I mean, first of all, he was a lot younger than me then he'd be way too young now. But um, so I'm, I'm different. I need something different. I'm also two teenagers and a Dalmatian, right? Um, so I've really put the effort into streamlining super simple activities on how you describe yourself and what you bring to a relationship. Um, I, I wrote a clever headline, like I have a client in Seattle and hers was like, um, you know, I've got sunshine on a cloudy day is one of her <laughs> and she's in Seattle. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe your, your tagline could be something like, how can I be your sunshine on a cloudy or a rainy day? So, you know, mine is all about life worth living because that's the name of my book and that sort of thing. So I figured out, you know, who am I? What am I really looking for? What am I really, really looking for? And there's like parts of that are like, um, like some of my clients are like, I want someone tall. And I'll be like, let's do a little deep dive. <laughs> Because what is it you're looking for until I want someone who can pick me up? 
okay, how often do you want this guy to pick you up? I mean, literally. Yeah. Um, and uh, she's like, yeah, not that. There's a couple of people who really want tall people. I'm like, what is, you know, and what they're actually looking for when it comes right down to it is safety and security. Isn't that crazy? Like yeah. it's never about the thing. <laughs> I love it. So I'm like, well, what would make you safe and secure? And one person says, I want him to show up. I want him to be present. Another one says, I want him to be financially stable because that gives me security. And I'm like, does that equal tall? Does it have to equal tall? And they're like, no, it doesn't. So figuring that out, figuring out relationship hangups or deal breakers. Um, for me, I love sailing and being out on the water. So if I have a choice, I'm going to find somebody who doesn't get seasick. It, you know, it's not actually a total deal breaker, but there's a whole world out there that I would like to pursue that if it's making you miserable, that's not going to be good. Yeah. Um, I mean, how do you address, like, this is amazing and I love your approach. Um, there's a couple of things that are coming to my mind first and, and I'll tell you both of them and then we'll address them individually or together, however you want. Um, the first one that I'm thinking is like so many people don't want to do this work because they're afraid that they won't be what somebody else is looking for. Right? So if I tell somebody what I'm looking for and they don't live up to that, and right. then this relationship doesn't work, it's my fault, right? That's the way we've been wired. It's my fault that this relationship didn't work because I couldn't accept what the, what this person was, I needed something different. Or on the alternative, like what if what I want, what I truly want, what I need to be fulfilled in a relationship, somebody else isn't willing to give me, that means they're rejecting me, which is ridiculous, but that's the way we think. So there's that side of it. And then the other side of it, which is parallel, is that these are super important questions to ask, but how do you get your clients to the point where they are able to ask them? Like, what's the internal work? How much internal work do you do with your clients to the point where they can get there? It's so easy. Um, so there, you've asked two different things and I'm like kind of busting at the seams a little bit because I want to tell you how I actually started doing this was on a happy hour, a virtual happy hour during the pandemic. You know, it's like, and a couple of my friends were like, I'm really exhausted trying to find a boyfriend. And there, I have uh, men as clients as well. They're about equal number. So, I mean, wouldn't it be fun? They're like, you're a matchmaker. And I'm like, okay, no, I'm not yet. <laughs> but I understand where you're putting me. So maybe I will be one day, but today just give me some baby steps here. Um, but I was like, well, you know, you're not finding anybody who, who are you attracting online? And they're like, look, chop like, ah. <laughs> you up what he's done with you. What does your profile say? I'm like, do you want me to help you with this? And they're like, well, yes. And I'm like, okay. So then I was like, I have so much I'm doing. Why would I put this new project on? And that was like a Friday night. And by Saturday afternoon, I had already put together a whole coaching arc of super simple activities, like a, a, it's sort of a game of, to figure out your values. And then also a game to figure, so I gamified it basically. Um, game, the game to figure out 
who would you like to invite in? Because having a lot of things in common with someone is super lovely, but that's not going <laughs> to be together. It's going to be having values in common. That will give you the longevity that to go through what I call the relationship cycle when you're discovering someone and all the chemistry and, and you were talking about how you see everything wrong. I think first we see what's right about people. And we're like, hmm, you're delicious and you're exciting and interesting and smart and funny and you like this, that and the other. And then when you move from chemistry to casual and you have all these interactions, that's when we start to see, you know, uh, the thing that just came to mind is a terrible example. I have a client who was calling me upset with her boyfriend and uh, because he wasn't carrying her stuff. <laughs> and I'm like wait and she's like this is a deal breaker and I'm like well um so why why was this a big deal he you know you've told me he's thoughtful he opens the door for you he anticipates your needs why is this a deal breaker and she says because my wrist hurt and I'm like did you tell him that no is he a mind reader really no, no. I guess it's not a deal breaker. I'm like, maybe you could express what's going on with you. I bet you he would carry your stuff because he's a really thoughtful man. She's like, oh yeah, thanks. <laughs> so from chemistry to casual, and I usually use the example of the interactions with casual of like, you squeeze the toothpaste from the middle or you don't put the toilet seat up or whatever. Those are things that sometimes people are like deal breaker. And then from chemistry to casual to do you want to get into a more committed relationship with this person? So it's that relationship cycle. And it's super fascinating. I figured everyone used these terms. I guess not. I made them up. Um, but that they're- hey, I like make up words all the time and it's amazing. Olympic rings because I have a, a couple who are married and she was very much victimizing herself because her husband- got this amazing job. She's so happy for him, but he's spending less time and attention on her. Here's Pixel. I told you she might show up. I love <laughs> it. Mine just, I don't know if you heard the door open, but mine just literally pounded down the door to get in here. Yeah. She just opened it herself. <laughs> um, so it's like Olympic rings, these relationship cycles. And so I said, well, instead of being victimized by him getting this amazing job that you're happy that he's got, because it's going to be in the best interest of your long-term living situation. Um, let's get you on top of that wave. So you're surfing it. Are you glad he's got this job? Yes. Okay. Well, let's <laughs> the peanut gallery. Um, let's consider that he's got a relationship cycle of chemistry and discovery phase where he's making a good impression at work to casual, then it's going to be easier for him to spend more time on you to committed to knowing, you know, I know what to do with my job and that sort of thing. And then put those rings together because we have a lot of relationships in our lives. So here's the relationship she's having with her husband and the relationship he's having with her and he's having a relationship with work. So I said, get on top of that wave, be the reward he comes home to. Give him the freedom to know that he can focus his attention at work and build that chemistry. And um, 
and that you're that maybe the two of you can plan something where it's intimate time together so that you are the work-life balance and then you've given him the freedom to focus and not worry about taking care of you knowing that you will be cared for and you will have the security in that regard so um, so there's the chemistry casual to committed those rings that happen. So I have to go back. Where were we? The, there were two things. Oh, yeah. So the rejection. This, yeah. We were on this, um, happy hour call and I'm putting together this arc, this coaching arc. And I'm like, this is actually really good. And I've got people in these really fun activities that are super simple, that when you least expect it, you realize you have all the information you need to populate an online profile that is authentic to who you are. So, you know, the law of attraction, you will attract who you actually are interested in. It yeah. changes everything. And I compare it to going into a big, like, uh, Coliseum kind of in the dark with your favorite group playing and you have to find your seat. Yeah. And there's a whole sea of people there that you're going to say, excuse me, excuse me. Oh, that one's cute. Oh, that's interesting. And you're going to be, you know, at the concession stand making a joke with someone, but you really need to clear out all these people so you can get to your VIP that who, by the way, is searching for you at the same time. So make it easy for this loving relationship to happen by making it you know making it clear who you are i'm over here yeah um so then that requires so much vulnerability which is so amazing because you know we're heading into the success element part of this podcast and this ties directly into that of like in order to have success professionally personally you have to be able to define what it is you actually want which requires this immense amount of vulnerability and honesty with yourself that most people aren't always willing to give. So I guess I see through that. People, okay. by the time they get to me, you know, I like clear out all the mess to be like, it's me, you know, you can yeah. be you. I love you for who you are. I did a whole lot of research on happiness yeah. already. And the, the, so I like took it from different researchers and philosophers and perspectives and attitudes and all the stuff I learned in the end of life industry. And one of the things that came up, the monks say happiness is in your mind. And I loved this metaphor of if you allow um, your happiness to be determined by the wind blowing you in the direction that you it takes you and it blows you into a direction that makes you happy, then you're good. But if the wind blows you into a direction that doesn't make you happy, then you're upset. Yeah. But that means that you're allowing, you know, your happiness is determined by someone else. Like you're putting the responsibility somewhere else rather than in your own hands. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah, exactly. You know, so, we just had this conversation in my group about happiness and yeah. the um, question, because so much of what I do revolves around success and finding that, right? And so the question was, you know, happiness will never bring you success because happiness is 
a choice, right? Whether you're successful or unsuccessful, you are or are not happy based upon the decision that you made, um, which is so interesting that you're now talking about this as well. I, I definitely equate them because mm -hmm. the, the, you know, you could have a formula. I love doing formulas because yeah. I guess mathematically logic minded um, and it makes it easier for people. Um, but if X, then Y equals I'll be happy or I'll be successful, that's all very great until you realize that 10 years ago, that equation would have been totally different. Well, yeah. And I think that the other problem is that similar to what you were talking about previously, what they think goes in those equations is never what actually needs to go in those equations. Right. So talking about um, you know, taking one piece from my life and one piece from your stories, money and a tall guy will make me happy. Like when you get money and a tall guy and you're still miserable, your entire equation has failed, right? And so it's, it's so much more than that. I love the idea of X plus Y equals you know, success as yeah. long as X plus Y are um, fluid and evaluated and you have somebody helping you identify what needs to go there because if we're putting it in ourselves we're gonna fuck it up <laughs> i mean i i was taught my whole life oh if you just have a boyfriend you'll be happy oh when you graduate college you'll be happy oh when you get a job when you this when you, it's like this moving target i've been chasing yeah and I'm, can i just be good right now yeah, exactly. You know, there's, there's, um, you're saying you're preaching to the choir right now. Cause you are saying this to the woman who grew up in a Mormon town and never wanted children. So, um, yes, oh. I, I hear, I hear you <laughs> completely. Um, and thankfully I had such a supportive family. Um, but when you say chasing success, I use that term all the time and I equate it to the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Like how many of those have we found zero and there are zero people who have found success by chasing it. Nobody ever in the history of success. Um, so I always ask every single one of my clients this question or my guests, I'm sorry, this question. And I am um, interested to hear your answer because of your background. Um, what exactly does success mean to you? How do you define it for yourself? How do you know when you've achieved it? Oh, so easy. Um, I'm relationship oriented. No surprise it became a relationship. Shocker, right? Now <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I figured I needed a big title and a business card that I'm working for someone else, but I figured it out. I like it. Um, uh, success to me, I mean, that's just it. When I'm yodeling on a, uh, <laughs> I can't believe I was doing that, uh, on a client call, then something happened that was total success. And when I get like this week, I could name a dozen huge successes because for me, when my clients win, I win. So I was telling you this quote from this client that I talked to today. There was a big breakup for no good reason. Neither of them really wanted to break up and she was heartbroken for weeks. And then he says, I wanna come back and return your stuff and let's go to lunch. And she's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, oh, I'll give you a formula. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Let's make it easy. Step one, receive him. And you're going to, a lot of answers are going to come with the energy that he brings to that hug and kiss. Hello, or here's your stuff. Got to go. 
So receive him and say, so step one, it's good to see you. Step two, um, I'm eager to hear what you have to say. And she's like, but I want to tell him this and this and this and this and this and, this and, and I want to, and I want to hurt. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, you already know all of that stuff. So shut your mouth. <laughs> no, but I want to shut your mouth. And I'm like, say, I'm eager to hear what you have to say. And then go, what else? She said, but I want to tell him. I said, start singing Twinkle Twinkle in your head or do math problems, do something. And, um, but you cannot say anything except for what else? What else, what else, what else? Is there anything else? Let him come to you. Let him tell you where he's at. That is what you really want to know, right? Yes. Okay. So step three is say, oh, I, I, I asked her, I said, how would you feel if you never saw him again in your life? I'm like, okay, we're going to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> now I know the parameters. Um, then you're, the step three is going to be to say, you know, this relationship is ours and we get to decide how it's going to work. Here's what will work for me. How is that for you? She's like, oh, I need to write this down. I'm like, just now you're writing it down? <laughs> Steps one through three weren't important, just four. <laughs> right. Right. So she did her step, her three steps. And after that, you know, she texted me and I said, well, how are you feeling about that? And she has felt like a victim in all of her intimate relationships. And she texts me empowerment. Wow. I'm like, yes, that is success. Success to me is when you're, what a client says, when you're failing at chemistry, you hire a chem tutor. When you're failing at relationships, you hire Michelle Hoffman. Success is, I got another one. This is like excerpt, but uh, this was a widower client who has stayed with me in the long run. With Michelle's guidance, I was able to clearly see the relationship I was in was the wrong fit for both of us. Michelle helped me understand what I really needed and wanted. It was through this Michelle guided me to love myself enough to find my soulmate. When I found her, I knew immediately she's the one for me. And I knew how to show her I'm the one for her. Being married to the right person is the greatest way to enjoy life. We go through struggles hand in hand, knowing we have each other to build our life worth living. I'm like, yes, that makes me so happy. So, I mean, I just got chills. <laughs> I read it again. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> um, that's amazing. I I love the relationship basis, the the relationship, um, the relationship approach to success. And one of the most amazing things that you said is this is our relationship and we get to decide what works for us. Um, it was one of the most powerful things that I was told as far as individual relationships that I have is that not every soulmate is meant to be a romantic one. And I needed to hear that because I had these people that were coming into my life, right? And we had such amazing connections, yet we weren't working romantically. And I could see like we would remain friends. And then as we remained friends, I would step back and say, but if 
but we have to work romantically because this works. Right. And then someone said to me, not every soulmate's meant to be a romantic relationship. And I was like, and it just changes the game. Right. Because then all of a sudden you get to say, okay, great. You are my soulmate, but you belong in this box. Awesome. And so you belong in this box. And so I think it's really interesting. Like we get to decide what this relationship looks like. Yeah. Is it romantic? Is it friendship? And, and particularly I'm very, very, very good friends with one of my exes. He actually edits this podcast and, um, we have remained friends after breaking up and for the, for the longest time, nobody understood it. And for the longest time, everybody was like, it's weird that you guys still hang out and you still hang out in the same groups. And I'm like, the only people it's weird to is you guys. Cause we're yeah. fine. And it was so interesting to then hear that explanation years later. Yeah. I love that. I too needed to be told you can have more than one soulmate. So I love that you're sharing that and reminding people what you're talking about. I call a relationship spiral and people who are super important to you in third grade. I mean, you may have spent every day with them and slumber parties and after school sports and everything. And you may, I mean, seriously, the two of you developed incredibly together, but now maybe, you know, each other on Facebook, who knows, but if they came in, you'd be like, yeah, remember when we blah, 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 blah. And that might be enough, or you'd have enough in common to, uh, you know, have some adventures and journeys together. And there's, I mean, that was a fantastic relationship, exactly as it was. And what you're um, saying, so it's like, who do you need to bring into your circle of trust? And who is okay to push a little bit further out on that so that you can step into who you're becoming? And to your point, I mean, I super love that that was how you explained the whole relationship and that even though you were, you went in deeper into the committed portion of the relationship from casual, from chemistry to casual to committed. And then you realized, I mean, you put energy into those kinds of relationships and there's commitment to it. And there's an investment of your life existence and you see such value in this person. It's just that you're not necessarily going to be going in, you know, that path together. There's a different way to do it. I wish more people could see that. And also your story about how, you know, it was the other people that were having issues. Yeah. I have a client and she was looking to me to explain what to do. And she's having, sometimes I get pictures of what's going on. So in my mind, she and her boyfriend were having this infinity sign. The two of them were enjoying each other so much. Why would you mess with this? Why would you mess with this? And she's saying, but social this, but, you know, my son that, or, but, you know, what if this, or I'm not ready to get married. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> You're like, good, because it's date two, right? right. Like, <laughs> so they've been dating for a little bit, but um, uh, that's funny. <laughs> no need to rush. <laughs> Arranged marriages are good. It, I, it's a whole nother world. Um, and I'm like, there is nothing wrong with what's going on here. All the things that you're worried about are happening outside of you guys. And she's like, yeah, but it's, there's some stress and I don't know what it is and he's not sleeping. And I'm like, okay, do you, you want me to listen, guide or help? Um, so that's another thing. If I had a certification, I don't think I can ask that question. 
And she says, guide. Most of the time I get guide. Okay. Here's a suggestion. Take it if you want. I said, go approach him. So law of attraction, literally, you know, objects, you know, that are attracted, move closer together. Get super close, get intimate enough that you can whisper something in his ear so that he can smell you. Cause there's stuff we don't know that goes on with that whole thing. And I said, whisper in his ear that you are really content or really happy about the relationship that the two of you are having exactly as it is right now. And let's see if he can finally get some rest because he's trying to be someone for you and he's working so hard and you, you know, and you don't want to push the relationship into marriage. So let him know that you're really happy with things as they are right now. And so she's like, okay. And the next day she texts me and she says, I did it. It worked. He not only could sleep, but he could sleep with me and he slept all night. And I'm like, her boyfriend slept all night. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, it all comes down to just to start to wrap up here. It all comes down to communication. And part of the reason that I wanted to bring up the story of uh, my, my relationship experience is because I want people to know now that we're at the end of this podcast and we've listened to the advice that you've given, that what you have given is not solely for romantic relationships. That these questions get to be asked of your colleagues. These questions get to be asked of of, you know, people that you work with um, outside of work, they get to be asked of your friends, they get to be asked of your family, and you get to improve all of your relationships in that way. And so I really wanted to highlight that before we wrap up. Sweet. Thank you. You are, um, are with yourself, your family, your community as a parent. Actually, I just came up with a hundred different things you have relationships with. That's what I was doing. I, I'm going to be working on a mastermind. I love it. Of a hundred different things that you have a relationship with your sleep, with your health, with your inner voice, with taking accountability for things, with, um, I mean, there's a, I, like I said, I just came up with a hundred of them, but because you're a success coach, I mean, I was managing people for decades and those people, after they saw that I wrote a book, they were like, when are you going to write the book we want you to write? So that was the new management blueprint. I love it. Is all about, you know, how do you help other people um, create a team so that everyone is in alignment with the same mission and vision, with the same, the three pillars of any relationship, as you were saying, communication, trust, and respect. And if it's, it happens in the workplace, it happens at home, it happens with yourself, it happens everywhere. And that's just it. It's all about relationshiping. I love it. Before we um, head into the random round questions that I love so much, um, where can people contact you, track you down, continue this conversation if they wish to? So relationshipping101.com will be live very soon. Um, in the meantime, you're welcome to go back to my roots of yourlifeworthliving.org. And that's how you can get a hold of me. Perfect. And we will put those um, in the show notes. Most likely if your website will be active very soon, it will be active by the time this comes out. So we'll put that in the show notes as well. Michelle, I really appreciate you coming on the show with me. And I would love to wrap up with a few random round questions. Yes, I can't wait. All right. If you All could right. time travel, where would you go and why? I would go to 
I, I would go to Santorini on my honeymoon. I love it. Um, if you could do any profession other than what you're doing now, what would you like to attempt? Oh my God, I always wanna do everything. Um, I'm an inventor and an innovator. So I would be, and I, well, I kind of do this anyway, but I would be a designer and an innovator. Okay. Um, resources. When you are reading books, do you prefer to listen to them? Do you prefer to hold a book, highlight, turn pages, like real style? Oh, I've done all of those things. I'm reading a book with paper and I, there was a word that I'm like, I don't know that word. And I wanted to like... <laughs> dig in. So I think I'd love my Kindle, okay. but in car I, and running, I love audibles. Okay. So, and other than the two amazing resources that we've talked about today that people can track down on your website, what is a resource that you think would be valuable for new entrepreneurs that are looking to strengthen their relationships, um, to expand their success and careers? New entrepreneurs. Um, like what is like the biggest aha moment for me? Um, I think finding the right coach and guide because oftentimes you want, I mean, it's, you should be able to like the secrets of happiness. The, the definition of happiness is having quality relationships and it doesn't matter how many, but it's the ability to be vulnerable and listen and share what's close to your heart. So I actually think the most important thing is to find peers who are mentors who maybe, if you can, you know, build an advisory board. And I've got all kinds of ways to make that happen. But have people who will be emotional supports, subject matter experts, people who will be accountability partners and leverage their position for your success. And be and find people who you can share your heart with and be vulnerable with so that when you are going pro, you got this. I love it. And last question, and maybe the most important because I am a music nerd. What is your pump up song? What song can you just not have a bad day? Uh, oh my God. I'm an ABBA fan. I'm a Peter Gabriel fan. I'm a Go-Go's fan. But I'll tell you the most recent one is Flames by uh, the artist is Sia, S-I-A and David. Uh -huh. um, one foot in front of the other, babe. One breath leads to another. I got the words wrong, but you know, yeah, I can't Hey, promise. words don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell the people who wrote them though. <laughs> so flames. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on with me. I really appreciate it. I am so glad to have been able to spend some time with you today. Thank you, Amber. I so enjoyed spending time with you. And thank you for having me and Pixel. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. If anything that was said during this episode resonated with you or provided value in any way, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the More Than Corporate Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I'm really looking forward to connecting with you. If you'd also like to connect, I've created a Facebook group that is full of amazing people who also make it their mission to live their best life every single day. If that that sounds like something that you're interested in. The name of that Facebook group is Success Center, 